Good afternoon, everybody. They told us that when we only had three seats or 10 minutes, we could go ahead and start. And since this is security group, we're intense. We are ready to get going. How many of you guys have already been touched? You've heard something from the Lord already so far in the conference? Yeah. How many of you already know something you have to go home and fix? Yes, yes. Well, uh, just to make sure that we're all in the right place, this is the church security, keeping church safe with a focus on ministry. This is classroom four. If this is not where you plan to be, this is where the Lord Lord has you now. So that's what you're doing. Um, so I just, uh, real quick, my name is Jerry. Uh, my wife and I, this is my beautiful wife, Carrie. We are church planners in Chicagoland. And uh, we, we start, we've been in ministry now about 25 years. We planted our church almost 14 years ago. And in that time, there wasn't a lot of thought or, or intention given to security. And in the last year, it's been one of the number one questions that our body has come and, and asked us completely unsolicited because it's a real issue that is facing a lot of people and so um, on, I want to just thank you for being concerned about this and thinking about it and on behalf of um, ARC and the ARC lead team uh, Greg Surratt and Dino Rizzo we want to just thank you for coming actually you guys are in for a real treat uh, Pastor Todd Mullins is one of our ARC lead team pastors and uh, he and his wife Julie who was his middle school sweetheart yeah, seventh can, grade sweetheart that is unbelievable uh, so they uh, they are pastors of a, a multi-camp multi-site church with 27,000 people in weekly attendance if you can imagine the security nightmare that that is and uh, not only that they actually started a, a ministry called Church Unite working uh, across church lines to, to transform uh, all of South Florida and and Tim Miller is one of the key leaders on his team Tim is actually a retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel and uh, when he was in here thank you for your service yeah. absolutely Uh, when he was a, an officer in the Marine, one of the things he did was he commanded a team that led security on nuclear facilities. And then when he left there, he went to work for the Secret Service and he dealt with uh, details large and small all the way up to the presidential detail. And so it wasn't a surprise that he got tapped after 9-11 to be a part of the staff of the newly formed Security of Homeland, um, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security. And so he's a man who knows something about security. And so in 2010, uh, Pastor Todd and Tim teamed up to think through how do you keep a church safe and take that soft target and make it just a little less approachable, a little harder, a little more secure. And uh, with all of the intricacies that that would involve in a mega church. But one thing that Tim saw quickly is that it wasn't just something that was needed in large churches. It was something that was needed church wide. And so he has started a ministry and a business called Lionheart, where he is really trying to help the church think through our security needs and and uh, and our people and their safety and and being able to worship God in a place where we're not worried about all kinds of other things and so let's give it up for Pastor Todd and Tim. Thank you. I take that Thank one. Um, I'm just I'm going to get out of Tim's way because he's an ex-marine. No, but uh, I he's got some great things to share with us. But I want to just set up uh, as a pastor where I come at from this perspective because I did not I didn't want a security team. I didn't think we needed a security team. I'm like, it goes again. If you had told me five years ago that I would be in a meeting where I was setting up why you need us, I'd be thinking you're crazy because <laughs> I want to create this loving, warm family where everybody can. I don't want it like people frisk down because they got a big purse or a backpack on. I want them to be welcomed in the house of God. I wanted every barrier down that could build anything up. But it wasn't uh, that long ago that two guys were arrested in Miami. Uh, on their way to go join ISIS, and they were from our neighborhood, and actually one of them drove by our church every day. It wasn't that long ago that uh, three guys were actually learning how to fly planes, that they ended up being some of the ones that were on in 9-11, and they were from a area of our town called Boynton Beach, right where we have one of our campuses. And so it, I don't have to look too far to go, there's evil people around us that have evil intent. And as pastors, one of our greatest responsibilities is to guard the sheep. We're the shepherd of our flock that we're entrusted by God to care for. And we know that most of that protection is, of course, spiritual. And we got to feed them and get them where they need to go. But there's also a thief uh, that tries to sneak in and rob, kill, and destroy. And part of our job as pastors is to be vigilant and, and aware and alert. And so 
this has, my mind has shifted in the last couple of years to being where I was kind of like, oh, we don't want to do that, man. Let's downplay it. Let's, you know, make them all just kind of dress like the rest of us and be cool and not like stand out to where now I'm actually shifted and going, I really want them to stand out. I want them to be seen because I think in the day and age we live in today, uh, p- parents, families want to know that your church is taking this seriously, that you are leaning in and caring and thoughtful about it. Um, the Parkland shooting just happened 45 minutes from our church, 20 minutes from one of our southern campuses. And uh, families want to know that as a church, you're taking care of it. And it's not just big churches, because you look at what happened in Southland, Texas. That was a small church. So it's really not about whether you're big, small, multi-site, not multi-site. We just have to, as shepherds of flocks, be careful and aware and alert. And one thing I love about Tim is Tim has all the credentials that Jerry shared with you. He's got all of that and more. Uh, but he comes at it from a pastor's heart. I think down under that big macho whatever, he is a pastor. And his team that he is leading right now at our church... Uh, of security guys, they are pastored. They are loved by Tim. Tim knows their their families' names. They know what's he knows what's going on. They are a community of brotherhood and sisterhood that love one another. And I could not be more excited about where that ministry is. So it is possible to have a wonderful state-of-the-art security care over your flock, and at the same time, it be loving and warm and cared for all at the same time. Plus, I was telling Ken up here that one of the benefits as a pastor is there's so many cops involved now. Uh, in our ministry that when I get pulled over for say speeding um, just recently not that you know not that we're sharing everything but he walked up and he he goes hey Pastor Todd I'm like I don't know if that's good or bad uh, but I didn't get a ticket so praise God for that so senior pastors there are some benefits okay so I'm going to get out of the way let you uh, uh, spend some time hearing from Tim and then we're going to spend give some time for Q&A at the end and then some of your questions I might actually have something to share but Tim's got most to share with you so would you put your hands together and welcome Tim Miller thank you man You know, scripture says that we're to give honor to who honor is due. I want you to know my pastor is a man worthy of honor. Because what you see up here is exactly who he is when he's not up here. He loves Jesus, and every time I'm around him, whether it's in a tent in Kenya or whether it's on our campuses, he points me to Jesus. And I know you know this, but we need to be praying for our pastors in this season. Amen. So, why are we here? What is this about? Aren't you thankful that with all going on in our world, that we get to do it with the Prince of Peace? And today I want to talk to you about church security, but I want to start with the most important thing. And there are a lot of folks out that talk about security, and especially security in churches, and they're going to tell you about why you need to armor up and why you need to do this and long guns and all this stuff. And we're going to look at some of that. But the most important that the mission that um, a church security team will have is that we become peacemakers. That's what we're about. We want to provide a safe and peaceful place where the ministry of the Most High God can occur. That's our mission every week. That's what we do. And I think when you look at it through that lens, it's not this big, ugly competition. It's a complementary ministry, just like every other ministry in the church. So that's the lens I want you to to look at today, okay? As um, discussed before, I'm Tim Miller. I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. (laughs) And contrary to this slide, I can keep a job, okay? How many would agree with me that, man, God takes you through seasons sometimes, and you're like, what is this about... And that was me. I didn't know one day that I'd be helping to keep churches safe, but God did. And each step along the way, he was preparing me for this season. And I'm grateful that God doesn't show you the big plan all at once. How about you? <laughs> but today we're going we're gonna to look at church security. But how many would agree that church security is not this simple, definable thing? Does anybody do minist- uh, missions teams here? You think about security there? What about when your kids are traveling? You think about security there. And like Pastor Todd said, it's really important that we as the body of Christ begin to learn and look at things differently. Amen? Because how many agree with me that the body of Christ ought to be leading the charge when the world doesn't know what to do? And that's what today's all about. Obviously, church security's all over the news. Um, How many would agree that 
their words aren't changing much. Can anybody ever remember a more toxic time politically? The good news for us is God's word changes everything. And that's what I want us to think about today. And I want to start here. Oftentimes when you start talking about church security, people go, well, if you don't do this, they're going to come in and kill us all, right? Have you heard that? Bottom line is that's not of God. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Oh, by the way, who has? If If God hasn't, We know where the spirit of fear comes from, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Intel reports in, everybody agree? The thief comes what? Only to steal, kill, and destroy. But what's the second part which excites me? I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Folks, Every week at our campuses, and I know you are too, we're praying that that person who doesn't have life to the full comes and finds life to the full. Our mission is to be part of that process, just like the worship team, just like the greeters. We're just another ministry in the church that gets to, gets to do what we get to do. Just so you don't think I'm making stuff up, here are the stats. Ponder that for a minute. 2000 to 2017, you see a little trend there? What do you think? Is it here to stay? By the way, deadly force incidents are where people have been severely injured and or killed on church property, okay? Quiz time, how many, what percentage of these incidents do you think occur during the week? Give me a percentage. 3%. Where else? I'll I'll point at you. If you don't answer, I'm going to point at you. (laughs) Huh? 3%. Anybody else have a different thought? Three. Anybody else? Okay, 3% happen during the week, right? Is that the consensus? When did Charleston happen? Wednesday night. So here's the challenge. We've got to be thinking about church security all the time now, not just on weekends. But we focus most of our attention on weekends, don't we? So we're going to talk about some strategies about how to address it. Um, This occurred, 72-year-old Lucille Morrill, I think, was uh, reading the parish newsletter um, at, at a church in Nebraska. Now, the two folks that came in were gang members, and they were looking for an easy score. Can that happen at your church? It absolutely can. The threats are dynamic and diverse. Fortunately, she only had a concussion, and she wasn't seriously injured. But I love God's word, because how many have a problem in here? How many has a problem? You guys don't have any problems? I got a problem, and God's word has an answer. And here's the good news for us, that includes church security. So I'm not going to try to preach to you all, but I would love for someone to tell me about what's going on in the book of Nehemiah. What's happening? They're rebuilding. Why are they rebuilding? Because what? The wall was down. Um, Why was the wall down? It was attack in the enemy. Why did it succeed against God's people? Because they turned their backs on God. Rule one of church security, we need God in this process. Amen? And we're going to pick up the story here, and it says, Sanballat, the enemies of God that were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was, what does that say? Greatly incensed. How many understand that when your church is doing great things for the kingdom of God, the enemy's not just sitting back there going, oh, isn't that special? He's got plans to destroy it. Not fear, wisdom. We need to understand that. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? Even if a fox climbed up on one of, one of it, he would break down their wall of stones. Interesting, the enemy's tactics never change, do they? He always uses discouragement. How many enjoyed this morning? Was that amazing? I mean, all it, I'm still just all filled up. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to the Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead, that the gaps were being closed, what does that say? They're very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble. And here's the key. But we what? Prayed to our God and posted a guard. When does that say? Day and night. To meet the threat. 
That's what we're called to do. We're called to do what first? Can't do it without God, guys. We can't. We need his divine intervention. And I'm going to show you exactly how that worked here in a minute. But we need our God and posted a guard. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that, what does that say? How many believe God can frustrate a plot at your church to hurt you? That's where prayer, that's where our teams are prayed up. We're praying for discernment. We're praying for wisdom because we know God can stop it. We all returned to the wall, each to his own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work. What does that say? While the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and what? Pretty sure that Nehemiah didn't walk up, hand a guy a spear, and go, hey, good luck with that. What came with that spear? Training. We'll get into that here. Don't you love God's word? It's got all the right answers. So what do we learn? When God does a great work, there's always great what? Expect it. Expect it. Just understand that's going to happen. And sometimes that opposition can be physical. Every believer is on the security team. And what does that say? And has an a. Okay. How many, anybody in here, children's ministry, oversee children's ministry? Your assigned wall is children's ministry. You're on the security team. Part of what we've got to do is wherever we are, we've got to be on the security team. Got to have that mindset. God calls us to pray first and what? Protect second. Unless security is a focused ministry, I'm going to tell you, it will work against the church. I deal with a lot of churches, and a lot of folks have problems with their security teams because they begin to tell pastors, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. Could that cause a problem? So we need to understand we're just another ministry. We get to flow with the church, the culture, the DNA, just like everything, every other ministry in the church. Being on the security team requires consistent commitment and training. God calls us, this is huge, faith and wisdom, not fear and denial. I love my pastor. The Lord spoke to my pastor a couple years back about, hey, we really got to look at security. He listened to the voice of the Lord and didn't deny it. And there are situations across some of the churches I'm dealing with. They just, they're like, well, we'll pray. That's all we need to do. Well, not according to God's word, right? Because we need to pray and what? And post a guard. So that's what today's all about. God calls pastors and leaders to oversee the security ministry of your church. You guys need to be involved. Leadership needs to be monitoring that ministry, just like you would at any other ministry in your church. So everyone's on a church security team, right? Raise your right hand. You are on the church security team. We good? Don't ask me for a Glock. That comes later. Okay, Bellevue Baptist Church. Anybody ever hear of Bellevue? Bellevue is a huge church, uh, sanctuary 7200. I was doing some training with them. We trained ushers and greeters. Why would I train ushers and greeters? They're going to see them first, right? Well, uh, last, now I want you to grab it, 7200-seat auditorium, a million square feet under roof. You got that? Balcony all over the place. Mr. Marcus Donald shows up the last service of Easter Sunday. What's that tell you? A little cray cray? Yeah? He enters a church, he disregards eye contact, and dressed in black with a back backpack. He walks right by the greeter. Welcome to Bellevue, Bet right on by. The greeter doesn't go, I guess he's having a bad day. She turns around and she sees a pistol sticking out of his pocket. As an investigator, that would be what we call a clue. <laughs> Right? So she watches him. She knows what to do. She calls for a pastor. A pastor's coming by. He begins to follow the guy and calls the security director. Now, here's where the God story comes in. This guy is steadily moving towards the balcony. You guys with me? Got the picture? Crowds everywhere. It just so happens that the door that he walks to on the second floor balcony is exactly where the security director's standing. Is that a God thing? Security director stops him. Hey, can I talk to you for a second? The guy becomes a little bit angry. The security director says, no, 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 we're not going to do that here because they have concealed carry in Tennessee. Um, the security director said, I'll tell you what, we're not going to let you take that gun in, so why don't I take it out of your pocket and put it in the backpack? Is that a good call? Why was that a good call? 
here's what was in it. 300 blackout with about a thousand rounds. Imagine what could have happened at Bellevue Baptist when the FBI did their investigation, they found out that he purchased the weapon, he was slow, had some mental challenges, and two Middle Eastern males on the watch list bought it with him. Could that have gone very bad for Bellevue Baptist Church? But God. So, question for all of us, house security at your church this weekend. We're going to talk about some things today that you can do starting this weekend that'll make a difference in your security, because it's not complicated. Let's look at what security's not. Driving kind of recklessly back there, sir. You're kidding. Oh, I don't joke about shopper safety. I'm afraid I'm going to have to issue a citation. I'm going to need your first and last. Last first. Sir, 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 sir. <laughs> Please don't make this more difficult than it needs to be, okay? Will you wait one? Sir, sir, sir. I am warning you, sir. <laughs> You're pushing it. Sir. Sir, I am warning, sir. 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 Okay. Sadden up, sir. He'll be back. He'll be back. So let's hope that uh, that's not what our church security program is all right. But let's talk about what church, good church security is. Um, is all about. And I want to talk to you. How many of y'all have been here have been police officers in here? Raise your hand. God bless you. Thank you for your service. We are grateful. I spent four years on Fairfax County Police Department outside of DC. And when I was selected to be a Secret Service agent, day one, the special agent in charge of the of the training division came in and he said, there were about 24 of us, and he gave us the standard, you're the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, where are my police officers? About half of us raised our hand. He said, stand up. You guys are heroes. You run towards the sound of gunfire. You keep us safe every single day. Thank you. Now, if you're not willing to learn a whole new skill set, you'll get a president killed. Sit down. And it was a great wake up for us. How many would agree that the way we think determines what we do? And so we're going to talk about the difference between police and security or law enforcement and security. Law enforcement is training focused, but it's very reactive in nature. There's a call, law enforcement comes, they fix the problem. The victory is a good arrest or a good response. Security, on the other hand, is training focus, but what is it? Proactive. It's all about stopping the threat before it ever happens. How many think that's a win? We used to say in Secret Service that at the end of the day, Air Force One wheels up is a great day, right? Nothing happened, president's good. We stopped the threat. We didn't respond to it. A lot of churches use police. Again, I'm a big police fan, and if that's what you have, the problem is, is they can be expensive. And what did we just talk about, the 65% present during what? services only. They're not always ministry-minded, and they don't convey the heart of the church always. During crisis periods also, ask me how I know, they can get pulled out to work details. So if you don't have an organic security system, you're in trouble if the police pack up and leave. So let's talk about this. This is called concentric circles of protection, okay? And the Secret Service uses this model, and we're using it for churches the same way. So if we had three layers or circles of protection, if you could pick at your church where something would happen, if it had to happen, where would you want it to occur? Parking lot, why? Less people, more opportunity to buy time on the inside, right? So the parking lot needs to be, you with me, a layer of protection. Where did the church in Texas, where did the attack start? Where did the attack in Antioch start? So, 
it is important that we have a layer of protection in the parking lot. The next level, if, if we couldn't stop it there, where would we want it to stop? Ushers, greeters, sanctuary team, and then our pastor's team. And here's the point. If we have people that understand what to look for and what to do in all those locations, we're buying the most important thing we can have in a crisis, and that's called time. If we have time, what can happen? 911, what else? We can do the plans that we practice, right? We need time. So for that to happen, we've got to be thinking about concentric circles of protection. Just remember the goal of church security, we talked about this because we've got to be on the same page. It's all about protecting the atmosphere so that the work of God can go on. Everybody agree? Huge. Just like this morning, what's happening here? in the spiritual realm. They're worshiping. Anybody ever hear from the Lord in worship? What else is happening? Can people be set free? Worship is awesome when it's undistracted, right? Does it matter that we protect that? I was going to say, <laughs> there's two really important reasons why this matters. Number one is we all got to be on the same sheet of music, right? Yeah. Number two is that that's my daughter. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> what about when it doesn't go so well? Now believe the Holy Spirit of God. Your doctrine of cessation is an error. He has been grieved, John McCartney. I've been sending you to tell you that. You're shattering the sword and they're cutting each other. You may not believe in prophets. You are looking at one. How'd that go? <laughs> what went right? Nobody got hurt. Huge. What went wrong? Huh? He got to the platform. By the way, those two response guys were LAPD police officers, highly trained. But how do you think they were thinking? Reactionary. They were reacting to what's happened. If we're not proactively trying to stop that person coming down the aisle aggressively, then um, that can happen, right? What else did they do not so good? And I'm not criticizing them because they are humble, godly men. They, and they'll tell you today, boy, did they learn a lot from that scenario. Sanctuary. What do you think the three-point sermon was remembered by most people? <laughs> Probably didn't go real well, did it? So what that tells us is it's really important that we're thinking through how we're going to respond, and we train for that, okay? Because it just don't fool ourselves. Because we're ministry-minded, does that mean we're not great warriors? Think of David, man after God's own heart, but that man could wield a sword, right? So that's what we're going to be all about. So let's talk about the three most important components of church security, the team, the training, and then te technology. Team, training, and technology. Let's talk about the team. Everybody asks me wherever I go, so how do you select a team? Do you look for military or, or law enforcement? And I go, no, because we're a ministry. You know who I'm really looking for? That humble, godly, committed man. Now, if he's a former military, former police, that's awesome. But that's not my first choice. My first choice is, are you humble? Are you willing to work hard? Because how many would agree, myself included, we all have a lot to learn about security, right? So that spirit will foster God's grace. How many need more grace in their life? Humility's not optional if that's what you want, right? So we're also looking for guys that are servant-oriented. I tell our security guys all the time, if we're, if we're serving, we're the first ones there and the last ones leaving. We have a responsibility to care for the flock of God. Here's a newsflash. You got to be there to care for them, right? So we're looking at... Um, 
commitment, eager to learn, willing to come, uh, eager to train. Now, um, our teams are not the Secret Service. I, I hope I hope we're not Barney Fife, <laughs> and we're actually that'd be. I'm sorry, um, we're not Jason Bourne, right? Who are we? We're ministry-minded, first and foremost. I tell my team every week, if you're not prayed up and spiritually prepared, you may actually hurt us this week. Uh, if there's junk in your life, now's a great time to get in front of the king and get it right. Because you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be discerning. And how many would agree that our Holy Spirit can show us stuff we can't possibly see? And then we're, spir uh, we're highly trained and skilled. That's a big thing. So how do we start? or even improve our teams. I, I, I'll tell you right up front the most important thing. How many believe that God's word is true when he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest and he'll send workers into the field? No matter what team you need to staff, we need to be asking our God, show us who's supposed to do that. Because I, I believe God's word is true and I believe he'll thrust them into the field. Amen? So we're praying. Um, and then, you know what? I don't necessarily recruit. Uh, what we do is look for godly men and women. By the way, women are huge. We use, uh, they're just awesome. Uh, and, and this is not stereotypical, but a lot of folks don't look at a woman necessarily and think security. And they have beautiful hair that earpieces can hide under and they just look. So, so we're really, if, if any of you guys want to come to church um, in, in South Florida, I'd like to talk to you after this. But it, it really is important that your team is diverse because your team needs to represent the church that you serve. We interview prayerfully and carefully. We complete thorough background investigations. A piece of advice, totally free. We've had people that represented themselves to be Delta, SEAL Team, XQ, qualified, cleared, and they weren't. Could that hurt your team if you're starting in a lie? So if you're a police officer, we go, awesome, thank you. Tell us who your sergeant was. Why do we do that? Because we're going to give a sergeant a call and go, hey, is this, is this guy a good guy? Because we need to make sure that if I'm going to put him next to my pastor, I need to know that he is, he or she is the real deal. Teams have to work together. Did I lose it? Uh, technology is my best friend. <laughs> I, uh, I learned as a Marine. Um, how come I'm losing it? Oh, I like that. There we go. Okay. That's a good one. It works on many levels, sir. You guys are a bunch of suckers. That too, sir. Absolutely. Hey, stations. Stage one, go. together to make the plan happen, right? All right, so we talked about team. Let's talk about training. Let me just keep this simple because everybody gets wrapped up about training. There are two primary things we need to teach our security teams, what to look for and what to do if you see it. Those two things, what to look for, what to do if you see it. Now, it should be realistic. It should be regular. It should be results-driven. And all of that is based on the commitment level that you and your team have. Um, we train folks what to look for because it matters. Got some news today from the radio man. 
spoke the word somber and as softly as again the world stood still. And the sky opened up. I made my way to fill up my coffee cup. Then it occurred to me as the daylight sky shone blue. Today's the day that Johnny met June. For as long as good the days went by, and I was out of past, he was never sure just how long he would last. But there's not much love in a lonely room. Today, stay that Johnny met you. Have a good summer. You too. Thanks. I will tell you, our team is all about paying attention to signs. Can I share one thing that's happened with our team that I'm so grateful for is our pastors, we are one. When things begin to happen that cause them concern, they bring me in early. We are working things now way in advance because we have to. The Parkland shooter showed us what happened when we miss things time and time and time again. So let me just to take away for you, your security folks need to be brought into scenarios. Now they, they have to have a pastor's heart and there's gotta be confidentiality, but you gotta do it because it gives you the opportunity to stop it from happening. This is some of the training we do for our teams. I'll tell you that my pastor gave me direction. I want to be the best trained church in the, in the country. And we are taking that seriously. Our training is serious. We're all in. Uh, it's everything um, from what you're getting here, indicators of violence. We're doing on Saturday a de-escalation training. Everybody understand what's, what de-escalation training is? How to bring troubled people down? Well, could that be helpful in pastoring people too? Yeah. So we're also doing, we do an eight-hour block through the National Association of mental illness for dealing with mentally ill people. Is that important? Little sidetrack. The National Association for Mental Illness estimates there are 35 million clinically depressed and or mentally ill people in our country. As a hospital, will they come to your church? The key for us is helping them. And to help them, we have to understand. We have to be trained. So that's a high priority. Children's ministry, protecting your pastor, Use of force and legalities. Um, I'll just give you a little vision of what's to come. We're really trying to get all this training to where we can export it for free at Christ Fellowship. So that's my heart. That's what I want to do. So pray for us, will you, that we can get stuff out there that we can, we can just send out to churches. So some of the things we train, uh, body language. Anybody have a guess of what percentage of your true feelings is communicated through body language? 90%. So if I'm sitting here and you're telling me your story and I'm going, yeah, that's, uh, that's important. What am I communicating? Well, one of the things that make the Israeli, the Mossad, and the Shimbet guys the best in the world is they know how to watch people's body language. Okay, so that's important. We understand when we begin to see things that cause us to go, huh, we need to look closer. Um, these are just some of, the, some of the things we train and look for. Um, projected angles under clothing. Um, 
people carrying backpacks. Anybody else concerned about backpacks in the days ahead? Uh, that's my greatest fear. I'll just be honest. That's going to cause incredible damage. And we're, I'm grateful that we're thinking about those things. We need to be ahead of the violence. Amen. Um, listening careful, carefully to what people say. Um, we talked about this. All these are Christ Fellowship examples. Um, somebody's going to pay for this. Um, church is a cult, and someone should go up there and do something about it. Should that cause us to be alert? What about this one? No brainer. If I were the devil, I'd go up there and kill everyone in the place. It won't matter much longer anymore. What could that suggest? Won't matter. Could, could um, really be a, a situation of suicide. So I just wish I were dead. I don't see any way out. The point is, we need to listen to people's words. When your teams hear them, we need to have a culture that says, hey, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this. This is what the person said. And then as quickly as we can, we need to get folks in that can help them. Hey, he's coming to your church tomorrow. Welcome to Christ Fellowship Church. Oh, it's good to have you. It's good to be here. He's not done, folks. 5.56 five, assault rifle, 30 round mag. Sixty rounds. If he knew how to load it, he'd be more dangerous. Ninety rounds. One twenty. One fifty. Could that do damage? Here he goes again. One eighty. How about two hundred and ten five five six rounds? Is that a problem? But he's not done. He's got his Glock seventeen. Seventeen rounds there. Seventeen more rounds. Seventeen more. It matters that we're looking. If we wait for him to come into the sanctuary, we have a problem. Training is everything. Being observant is more important because you can have highly trained guys that they're drinking coffee and talking about the football game. It's a problem. Everybody agree? So we need to be vigilant. So when in doubt, we're going to speak it out. We're going to talk briefly about good technology. Um, there's so much good technology out there. I'm so grateful for our leadership. We've invested in camera systems. I I'll tell you, I wish I could. you guys could see. On a Sunday our, from our command center, we are literally talking with people in the parking lot because we have folks that are watching every camera that we have across all of our campuses, and they're looking for stuff. Remember we talked about time. Well, an investment in good technology gives us that time. We had a couple that are, 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 we call it lighthouse, our command center picked up and they were walking in the sanctuary. They didn't look right. And so we had an usher and a greeter at a door and they said, uh, hey, can we help you? Welcome to Christ Fellowship. And he said, yep, where's the sanctuary? And we said, well, sir, it's down here. And one of my team was there. And he said, hey, sir, why are you, why are you so uh, adamant on getting to the sanctuary? Got a word for God and I'm going to deliver it today. We said, okay, well, talk to us about the word from God. We called a pastor. We do everything together with pastors. The pastor said, tell us about your word from God. And he said, well, I don't, it's not for you. It's for them. And our pastor said, you know, we've got this really cool pastor named Todd Mullins. And he has a word from God. He got mad. Ultimately, we had to bring a police officer involved. We talked to him. We said, if you're going to stay, you're going to stay under these conditions. He chose not to, and he left. Is that a win? Did we, would we likely have had another John MacArthur situation or an attempt had we not done that? Technology makes all the difference. Why did I put uh, internet on there? How does that help? Yeah, Google. Do you know how much information you can get on a person? And you should. If there are people that are causing problems in the church, you should look what's called public records and you should check them out. If you get concerned, get law enforcement involved early. Does that make sense to everybody? So how are we going to do it? You get it. We're going to start. We're going to pray. If you don't have a security program this week, you can have one because you're going to pray. 
you're going to go back and you're going to plan and, and, and don't get all complicated with the plan. What, what's the most likely thing to happen at your church? Is it an active shooter? What is it? Fire alarm, right? Weather. Start there. Figure out what you're going to do there. Because here's the cool thing. If you put a plan together, you can start building on the plan. Amen? Not rocket science. And then prepare. It must be supported with resources. What did I say? It must be. And he gives me more than I deserve. That's for sure. So let's talk about that plan. We're going to create it first. We're going to get together with the facilities people. We're going to get together with everybody that has a, a, uh, a dog in the fight. We're going to come up. How would we evacuate? I don't know. What do you think? Well, let's call the fire department. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Well, huh? you know, so we go through that. We teach the plan. We practice the plan. And we update. Just remember a goal without a plan is a wish. Okay? So we've got to have a plan um, that goes towards our goal. And then where we start? I get this all the time. Start with children's ministry. How do you protect your children? What do you do if somebody shows up at your children's ministry and, hey, that's my kid, and anybody ever deal with domestic issues? It's becoming more and more common. Fire, weather, and then disruptions. Across the nation, there have been a series of disruptions where protesters come in, and they just try to disrupt the service. And so we've, we've worked out a plan at our church. If that happens, and they start standing up in protest, we go, hey, everybody, let's stand and sing Amazing Grace. <laughs> and what do we just do when we do that? We, we, they can't, no, they, their friend trying to video, video it for YouTube, is that a problem because everybody's standing up? And we also drown out the voice until security because then we get what? We buy time. Time. Um, so, takeaways, pastors must prioritize, support, and engage their church security ministry. That's so important. Pastors, you guys got to gotta make it a priority for your ministry. Church security is critical to the church, both from a criminal and a civil. Would everybody agree we live in a sue-happy world? One of the things I'm thankful of is we have video coverage, especially with children. So, we've had allegations come, and guess what we do? Let's go to the videotape and people get quiet because it's hard to further the agenda of taking the Lord's resources in that process. Church security must be led from a ministry standpoint. Combining pastoral efforts with security is critical. We need, we cannot do church security without pastors. We've got to, you, you've got to give us the wisdom and the direction that we need. And then church security starts with a solid commitment and a simple plan. Say a solid commitment, simple plan. Can anybody not do that at their church this weekend? Everybody can have a solid commitment and a simple plan. Because a plan makes all the difference in the world when something happens. Hero tackles gunman in new video of 2014 school shooting. New video footage has been released of the deadly campus shooting at Seattle Pacific University, which took place two years ago. The surveillance video shows the armed gunman, Aaron Ibarra, entering the school's Otto Miller Hall building on June 5th, 2014. Ibarra had already wounded two students by the time he walked into the hall, and can be seen pacing back and forth in the lobby, talking to another student sitting near the entrance. The student sitting down doesn't seem to realize the gun is real. Moments later, another student, Sarah Williams, comes down the stairs. She appears to calmly walk toward the gunman, who then takes aim at her and fires his shotgun. Shocked, the other students in the room quickly get up and run away as Ibarra reloads his shotgun. That's the moment when student safety monitor John Mace makes his move and courageously attacks the gunman with pepper spray, taking him to the ground. The two struggle until Mace is able to wrestle the shotgun out of the attacker's hands. After prying the firearm away, he quickly takes it to a back room and stores it. As he's out of the room, the dazed Ibarra pulls out a knife, supposedly with the intent to kill himself. Mace comes back into the picture and manages to get the blade out of Ibarra's hands. He then holds him in a tight headlock until he can get assistance. A few seconds later, another student rushes down the staircase to lend a hand. He goes toward Mace and then kicks the knife out of the attacker's reach. The two students keep Ibarra from moving until police arrive to arrest him. 
21 angles of security camera footage were being withheld by the King County Prosecutor's Office, but several media outlets fought to have them released under the state's Public Records Act. The university and students involved had hoped the videos would not be released, not wanting the community to relive the trauma stemming from the incident. 28-year-old Aaron Ibarra is set to go on trial in September, facing charges of premeditated first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, and second-degree assault. He reportedly had a history of mental illness and told police he had stopped taking his medications. When the detective sat down with um, Ibarra and they said, why? He said, because my parents moved around my bedroom furniture. Was he severely mentally ill? Investigation showed lots of warning signs missed. So it does matter. If it wasn't for John Weiss, can you imagine how many people would have died? When it was interesting, when John Weiss was talked to, um, afterwards because the media was sticking microphones in him. He goes, I, I just did what I should have done, what everybody else would have done. He, he's a Christian at a Christian university, by the way. Um, was the plan complex? What was it? Get the gun away. What had he done before? What had he already prepared for, though, and before it ever happened? He had mace. Do you think he thought about what I would do? He timed his movement. That doesn't happen automatically. One of the things I do when I train folks is we've learned a ton of stuff about what happens in the mind and body during a crisis. And we use it to train law enforcement. I'll tell you, what, if you're mentally prepared for a crisis, you guys ready for this? If you're mentally prepared, trained up, ready to go, your chances of surviving that crisis go up 90%. Nine zero. Is it, everybody want ninety percent greater chance of uh, of surviving. So you're, when you go back, I just want you to do three things: assess, look at your security plan. If you don't have one, great time to start one. Um, plan. We talked about this, and then train. It can start this weekend. Uh, how many have police officers in your churches? Oh, praise God. They're some of the best out there in terms of detecting body language. Just get them to pull and talk to your traffic team. Hey, guys, what kinds of things do you look for? Would that help you if your traffic team now understands what to look for? Very, very, very simple. I love God's word. A prudent person foresees danger ahead and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. I've said this, and I want to close with this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I believe that the body of Christ ought to be leading the way and sacrificially protecting others. We know what happens to be absent from the body, right? We know where we're going to be. That should give us hope and a commitment to saving others and putting it into action, not just words. So I, I really want to leave you with that and encourage you. I'm happy I finished um, 15 minutes early. I'm also going to pull in a guy. One of my dear friends is back there, Mark Lundgren. Mark is an elder at his church in Chicago. Uh, Mark is a recently retired FBI agent, although he caveats, don't ask him Comey questions, okay? <laughs> But he is a pastor's pastor, and I love him. He's got he's run terrorism teams and the whole nine yards. But more importantly, he's he's a man that walks with God. So, if we don't get all your questions asked, he literally came down here on his own time just to serve you. So, um, Mark, I love you. I'm grateful. And uh, but for right now, what questions can we answer? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, I will. Here, uh, yes, sir. What's your question? Here, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do this. To make it easy. So we have a new church, Mount Juliet Connect Church. I think you know Pastor Devin, Ooh, and I'm head of security at the church. So one thing that I've been talk to, talking to people around the community uh, with security wise, I want to know if you guys implement this at your church. Do you have someone up there by the pastor looking? into the congregation? That is a great question. And let me tell you what we do. When I'm talking sanctuary security, I talk about three things. Number one is we want to own the entrances, we want to own the aisles, and we want to own the platform. Okay? Here's what I mean. 
if we're going to stop it, make it not happen, where where could we stop it in the sanctuary to have the have the greatest impact? By the doors. So I train. We have guys at the doors. If there's a question, we do it very lovingly. You know, I love not being in law enforcement anymore because I can do things like, hi, stand up, sir. Hi, welcome to Christ Fellowship. It's good to have you, man. Are you, uh, you, you new here? Yeah. <laughs> and I over-accentuate, but it's really true. You can, you can really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we do the other, no, I'm kidding. So, but the point is, um, we do have people up front. I, I kind of use a little bit of the Secret Service model, but we're not with our backs to the front, we pivot a little bit, like your position right there, because he can still see me, but out of the peripheral vision, he can see what else? Somebody coming down the aisle. Bottom line is, once services start, and he begins to preach, you're not going, you're not going past me, because we're gonna have that conversation. Now, the great news is 99.999% of the time, it's helping people find a seat. So can I do that? Absolutely. If they make it on the platform, we have clear protocols they're coming off quickly. I'd like to say I was 100%. I'd be slightly not honest if I said that. We've had folks walk by our teams. We had a mentally disturbed person walk by our team because he said, no, I'm supposed to be part of this panel. And our security guy went, oh, okay, right that way. <laughs> and then he got up there. <laughs> Pastor Julie was going, one, two, three, four, five. There are four seats. <laughs> So we dealt with that. But how many would agree? It's We're all grace in process, right? The, the Does that th answer your question? Yes, the sir. only thing I would add to that is that we do have a, a camera mounted right above the platform that nobody would really know it's there. And it's constantly scanning. The f so it's scanning, and there's somebody watching that camera. They can zoom in on people. And uh, also, there's people in the back that are looking and then they're able to communicate to the guy on the front. So the guy in the front's not standing there looking looking out at the congregation, but there's but there's eyes everywhere talking to those people. And that's a good point. We never want to be a distraction up front. And, and we do have some guys that get a little bit excited and they start doing the ballerina up there. And that drives us all crazy. So what we tell our teams is for police officers, we got to get it. You know, we're not security, we're surveillance. Okay, two different things. Security's all up in your space. Surveillance is kind of looking like everybody else and kind of looking at what's going on there. So when our worship or when our folks are up on the front, I'm worshiping just like everybody else because if you're doing pre-operational surveillance, I don't want you to shoot me first, right? If you identify me as a security guy, is that a problem? And I say that joking, but it's true. What else? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're in a mobile location in a movie Hold up, hold up. Uh, we're in a mobile location, the movie theater, and with the camera thing like that, we don't have access to be able to put up cameras. What would you recommend for our guys um, as far as being able to be able to have eyes in more places and just where our security is at? That's a great question. What we do is we're in a similar situation with a school. So we've, um, we're looking at options, and I'll give you my card. Um, we actually do have temporary camera setups um, out of a Pelican case, HD cameras, wireless, goes to an NBR. We set it up when we start in the morning. They can see it on their app, phone. It also feeds into our command center. So there are some opportunities out there. Don't think that cameras are out just because you're at a temporary site. Uh, I'd be happy to share that with you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Um, in a service and a pastor has a call to come to the altar, do you have security go to the altar too? Yeah. <laughs> um, that is a great question, and yes, we do. We, we try to be very subtle, but there's a, there's a principle in security that distance is danger. The farther I am away from you, the less I can influence. And I will tell you, this man has been so patient with us as we work through this, because he doesn't, because he's humble, he doesn't want it looking like a Secret Service detail, right? Nor do your pastors. But we can still cover him appropriately at a distance if we're not focused on him. <laughs> you ever see a Secret Service agent? He's not looking at the president, is he? He's looking at everybody else. And so what we try to do is train our teams to be around him, but more focused on what's going on with people around him. And we've, we've actually had some pretty good stops. So we do come up to the altar. Um, I'll hand him a Bible. Um, so they, they kind of just look like they're altar workers or they're just a part of the team that's there to minister. So they blend in. That's big for me. I don't want it to look like an entourage. Yes, sir. 
Hold we, on. Can re we can repeat the question, can't we, Tim? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, as far as security, um, do you want them to be known? In other words, do you want people, when they come in, to know that there is a security team or things of that nature? Okay. That's a great question, and it's asked everywhere I go, and the so, answer is... So the, it would have been better oh, yeah. for you to... Sorry. We were, we were told to repeat the questions, but that might have been easier to put the microphone Yeah, for there. Marines, that's yes, way sorry. too much. So, yeah, so basically, do we want there to be known that there is a security? Do they wear clothes that all match? Or that's something? right. So we, the, the, for us, we're blessed. We have uniformed police officers. We have contract security officers that are armed. But all of my team is plain close. We don't do anything to identify ourselves. Um, we, we have found, interestingly enough, that it wasn't too terribly long ago where people are going, oh, why is all the security around? And now they're like, amen. You know, they're loving they're that they're coming into a safe so environment. We keep the, uh, the, the, the noticeable security in noticeable places. So there's police cars out front, around the kids' entrances. It's very obvious. And, you know, lobby coming in. But then once you start getting to the sanctuary, you don't know notice them, you won't see them. Oh, oh thank you. Uh, do your do your plainclothes guys, do they carry? Do, do you require that they carry? Do they not carry? And if they do carry, how do you identify the ones from carrying a weapon and who aren't? That's probably the most common question in today's world. Hey, we don't have uniformed police. Do you let your teams carry? My, my rule is... Yeah. We have this awkward position that we, me, I have to be in in terms of providing practical security to the church while protecting the interests of the church, okay? In the state of Florida, to get a concealed carry permit, you need four hours of classroom training in one round into a target. I've taught, I'm a firearms instructor. I've taught for 20 years. I will tell you that in a crisis situation, that is so far under the bar for what you're going to need that it's not so. I don't let concealed carriers carry. What I offer them is this. In the state of Florida, it's called a D&G guard license, 60 hours of training. If you will go, we'll help you go. We'll help you financially because... If something happens and one of my teams has to use force, we pray every week it doesn't, we can go into court that week and we can say our folks armed were trained to the same standards as the state of Florida is. So it provides um, protection. I do get some people that get burr under their saddles because they're like, you're not telling me I can't protect myself. No, that's fine. You can. We, we, you can carry in our church. You can't carry on my team. And to answer your questions, we bought, you got, they call them princess sashes. Have you ever seen those things that come out? You know what I'm talking about? The, the, uh, it, it's a sash that comes out and it says security. Because I tell our team every week, first off, here's a great example. We had a situation last weekend where um, we had a lady come. She was severely mentally ill, depressed. And she sprinted for her car. And she got to her car and drove out of the parking lot while the police and I were, were getting out to respond. And so um, the police officer came, his name's Darian, and um, he, we were putting lookouts on her. She just really has had a hard time. She really, with life, and she just didn't want to be dealing with anybody. And um, the first thing that came to my mind when she was driving out after we got the lookout was we need to pray. So we grabbed a police officer and two of my guys, and we just prayed the blood of Jesus over her life. Now, I'm believing that God's going to use that to come back. The point to that, though, is that our police officers are part of our ministry. I make them come to the huddle. <laughs> they hear the word of God. <laughs> And they're like, I'm watching officers' lives be transformed. And so that's what we're about, amen? And uh, when you see a uniformed police officer out in a church parking lot, huddled up with guys just praying the blood of Jesus over a lady, that's a win in my mind. Yes, sir? Uh, what about proficiency training? I mean, that's something I, I'm exposed to. So the more yeah. proficient you are, the, the less time it takes. Correct. Yeah, that whole OODA loop cycle. Um, so he asked, what about proficiency? I'm assuming you're talking firearms and defensive tactics. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're not there yet. What we're developing this year is a firearms proficiency standard. I've got range time and a budget this year for the first year. So we're going to be going out. We're going to be running through all that. I will tell you that we do have an emergency medical program now. Everybody here, stop the bleed. Stop the bleed is a DHS um, 
pro program that, that literally uh, provides how to provide catastrophic um, life support in this. I know we're going to be running out of time here shortly in three minutes. Any other real <laughs> Yes, sir. It's a great question, and um, the medical answer. Medical team integration. Yeah, the medical team integration. The answer is right now, not much, but it's happening um, even as we speak. We're we're going to be doing at least once a year a major training at our campuses. We've already talked to the police officers, and oh, by the way, here's a great thing. Takeaway: If you, how many have relationships with your police departments? Okay, if you don't get it, if you do, offer your places as a place to train because they'll eat that up because they're always looking for training stuff and you get to know them. the other thing is invite them by if you have a pot of coffee during the week or whatever hey this is we'll give you a desk all that kind of stuff because oh by the way they're swimming in the sewer every day and they need Jesus so the more you can get them there the more okay I'm gonna um, we're gonna close but, but Mark not and leave I, we're gonna close but not leave so some of you who still have questions we can answer those questions yes we will we'll be here for three days no <laughs> we're just gonna leave them here Will you close this? Yeah, we'll close this in prayer. Father God, we thank you that you are uh, our defense, our strong tower, that we you're our very present help in time of trouble. So God, I pray that you would give these men and women wisdom and discernment to know what they're to do to help lead their churches in a place of safety, their their teams that they, they're developing, God, that you would be uh, the, the watch guard, but we would do our part as well. So thank you for this time. Thank you for these, these hearts in this room that have a heart for this. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.